Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr Bean and more Steve McQueen, check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. From dope 250-watt city bikes to Harley Bobber-inspired 750-watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers, yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike. E-bikes that are cool AF. Hello and welcome to Footballistically Arsenal. I'm Boyd Hilton. Back to normal this week. Last week we had a special drunken podcast recorded on the way in the car on the way back from Old Trafford. You sent that to me about 12.30. Yeah. And you seemed unsure at the time whether it was going to pass quality control. Yes. And Jim, who was going to join us for the podcast last week, I had to message him in the morning and go, look, we've received this podcast. It's going through quality control. Mm. And if it's approved, then we're not podding and that's going to go out. But apart what from a tense Dan, moment for, for Jim. Apart, apart <laughs> from uh, apart from Dan, everyone was fairly coherent. Yeah, I thought so. I had um, reaction was was I would say ninety percent positive, and then about ten percent people saying never allow that drunken oaf. I presume they're talking about Dan on the podcast again. Billy Lum was delighted because no longer Billy, has he yeah. made the most drunken appearance on famous, the which, which turned him the podcast, t- which turned him into a non-drinker, I believe. I think he, really? he th- yeah, I think he's been what's the word dry is it? like total for a couple of years. I think I'm pretty really? sure since then. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I maybe yeah, I'm pretty sure. Wow, um, that's what we do. That's the power of the podcast. But it was great. Did you enjoy your trip overall? I had a I had a great time. Fantastic. You took time. the train up and had a we driver took, bring you back. Yeah, as everyone as everyone controversially, these Monday night games um, often uh, eight o'clock kickoffs. It's often difficult for Rafe. There's no trains back after. Yeah, it's a pain that time. So. Um, but luckily, I was I'm with I was with Dermot and Dan and Dom and John Dermot, the driver. We, we organized they organized this brilliant car back. Yeah, incredible service from John the driver and great wine etc. And he supplied the wine. Well, I, 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 I don't know. The car company must have supplied the wine. I don't know. I don't right. know. But yeah, it was it was delicious. What time did you get home? I got home about three. Wow. It was a bit. What take, it take, took about two and a half hours just to get outside of like Salford, basically. Because wow. I guess, partly because of the no train factor, I guess a lot of people were in coaches and stuff. So, yeah, there's a bit of a hold-up. But anyway, 
Right. We're back to normal tonight. Two great with guests. you here, Josh, back by my side. And Jim already referred to, a.k.a. East Lower, is here. Mm-hmm. Welcome, Jim. Oh, thank you. Well, uh, thank you. And Dean, a.k.a. AFC Camden, is here. Hello. Hello, Dean. Um, who actually comes from Camden. I do indeed, yeah. Um, and if you could speak closer to the mic, that'd be great. There we go. Um, before, I guess, you know, we've got two matches to talk about, really. You've got Thursday's 4-0 triumph, which everyone seems to have forgotten, as if it didn't happen. They've either forgotten about it or decided that Emery somehow isn't the manager of that team. He's only the coach of the team they get annoyed by, which is the team that plays in the league that can be... Let's say not exciting enough for yeah, the Boyd, hardcore fans. I, Boyd, I could manage us in the Europa League and get us to the quarterfinals. So why do you want to give Emery such true. wonderful? Qual- I don't think that's true. Really? No. I think you could. I'm not saying it's, no, I don't think I'm I special. Couldn't. I couldn't necessarily get. A I think any of us could could get Arsenal through to the quarterfinals of Europa League. I think that's a bit of a. a kind Did you of see Standard Liège? Yeah, I'm dreadful. Of course they were dreadful, but it still take. You still have to pick the right team, play the right tactics, and we played. He's just picking who's not in the first team. It's not that. <laughs> well, he could, but he could not. You know, he gets no. criticised when he when he doesn't rotate enough. He, he played Aubameyang in the, the previous week, so you, all these things aren't as straightforward as you're in. The, everything's straightforward. All the teams were playing. Bournemouth are shit. We should have beaten them ten 0 All this. No, I'm just trying to bring in as I'm doing shit. week by week. I thought they were better than what some I saw nuance. Yesterday. Some nuance to the situation. Josh has changed. I mean, after being all oh. that loyalty for Wenger, I know. now, now oh, this. This is this is this is what happens week in week out. All I'm saying is the simplistic attitude that the manager's only responsible for when we play boring football, never gets any credit for when we do well. Like the first half, can I just quote? I'm going to quote, I'll kick things off by quoting Dean, who I thought had a very fair summary on his Twitter yesterday. This is what Dean said, AFC Camden, a good and vibrant first half. Vibrant. We were vibrant. We were good. We did play attacking football. We had something like eight or nine shots. I mean, someone said, or Bino, who's a football Arsenal fan, said that was terrible. I didn't consider that to be terrible. I think it's fine. And... And then in the second half, we were terrible, disjointed. But they obviously came out and they were going for it in the, f- in the second half. And they're not a terrible team. They're mid-table. They've unbeaten in four before us. All these things have to be taken into account. And clearly the manager picked a team, an attacking team, including Ceballos in midfield, to attack them. In the second half, it didn't happen. But is he responsible for that? Does he send them out going, all right, stop attacking now? I don't think so. I think there was These an emphasis to slightly retreat in that second half. I don't half, think that's true. I, if you looked at Keown, Martin Keown was on Match of the Day 2. Did we, did we watch Match of the Day 2? Yeah. His analysis was the player, what the players were doing from the first minute in the first half, which was pressing right, the, right up front. So Bios or Bamming, and they were pressing, and the whole team kind of followed suit attacking right from the first minute. They didn't do that in the second half. Correct. And I don't believe for a minute that the manager's going, oh, it's uh, going to Aubameyang, stop pressing them from the front. So give, give that up, it's not worth it anymore. I just think the players don't necessarily stick to the plan a minute in, minute out. That's my feeling. Well, maybe they don't fully understand it. Okay, that's possible. Yeah. Expand. Just that uh, they... S- I I, because it's quite, it's quite baffling how... Um, you know, they they click sometimes and they don't click other times and it's been you know, it's not just this last few games sure. we're doing quite well don't get me wrong we're doing better in the league but yeah. in terms of the way we've played since he joined it's it's stop start would be probably a fair way of putting it and um, and you wonder whether whether they're stop start because the players aren't following his orders or whether they don't quite understand what he wants or whether he doesn't I don't know yeah it's, um, you know, it's yeah, a hypothesis yeah. of course and, and I don't think his I think his communication skills have got better but I don't think they're that great. I understand him now completely, but don't really yeah. understand what he says. Yeah. But, um, yeah. And I, I don't know. It's, it's... But what, in, in terms of yesterday's game in particular, mm. um, 
if they understood what he was doing in the, wanted them to do in the first half, I mean, generally, I mean, it could have been a bit better, I guess. But in general, I think you'd have to be, for me, you'd have to be pretty picky and pretty resolutely anti-him <laughs> to see that first half in a negative way, for me. Like, I thought, generally, we played pretty well, pretty dominant, you know, yeah. and ran, kind of ran the game, you know, in, a, in our way. So for them to then not do that in the second half, A, Bournemouth deserves some credit, don't they, for mm-hmm. kind of snapping into gear. And B, then, I think once that, clearly they were on, right, we're going to be, Stamford's going to be on the front foot in the second half. It's how our team dealt with that. And I, I'm not sure if they're going, oh, what did the manager say about how we dealt with this? Or it just, there's such a deep-rooted kind of... Um, he said, Emery said that they lost a bit of confidence. Yeah, there's I, a deep-rooted confidence issue, a mental mentality issue. But it's odd, isn't it? Why, why would they lose confidence? They won because I think it's a fragility. They, they know there's a history, our, our fragile history is so... That paint in the office. That I think it's t- going to take a long time to get rid of that. I don't know. What, 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 what's your feeling? If you look at the performance, it was almost like a perfect example of Emery's tenure. Mm. First half, pressing, looking really good. Second half, retreating, not looking as great. Uh, and it's almost like the players are not quite sure about you know, what they've been told to do or what the actual plan is. Um, if you look at the results, you know, they're directionally correct in the league. We're kind of winning games. Um, but is that as a result of his tactics or... The fact that the league's not great. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm not quite sure, to be honest. I'm not quite sure. What's your feeling about the game, Josh? Do you, are you, are you, do you think it was unutterably tedious and right for the first half? Were you, were you the there? The first half yeah. was okay. Yeah, of course I was there. Yeah. The, the first half I thought was, was fine, if uninspiring. The second half was poor. And, and I don't understand why Callum Wilson decided to try and pass across the six... It wasn't even the six-yard box. He was like four or five yards out. It, it was an extraordinary decision to try and square it across goal. I mean, it was, they could have, by, could have quite easily taken a point. And, mm. But for Aubameyang hitting the post from a sort of ultimately a mistake that led to Chambers getting across it, we didn't do very much in the second half. I don't know. I don't think that I'm just being hugely negative against Emery, I promise you. I just <laughs> oh, think no, like, I'm, not I'm just thinking are. what I've been to this year. I'm I've saying... sat in the way end at Watford and... That second half was dreadful, the second half against Watford. Mm. Now, for large chunks of the game against Villa, really poor. And I think it said more about Villa that we managed to come back and win, but it did show a bit of character. Mm. Um, you know, just that, there's been some really poor halves of football that we've, we've put in. Mm. And I don't know. I, um, I mean, it was interesting what Jim just said there about like, understanding. Yeah. I still, and I spoke to one of the uh, journalists last week who is at every Arsenal press conference, mm. and he said he's convinced from what he hears from within the camp the players find it very difficult with the manager and with translating. And I tell you what, um, you, you saw the comments that Saka did after he scored against Eintracht Frankfurt, where in his post-match interview he referred to Freddie Lundberg having to translate a lot of stuff. And if that had been a more senior player in the squad, that would have got turned into a massive yeah, story. Really I think it was like a 17, is he 17? 18? 18. Because yeah. it was an 18-year-old kid making his, one of his first appearances in Europe for the club, scoring his first goal for the club. There wasn't much tension on that. But I tell you what, if that had been like Xhaka or Tourette or someone else in that squad mm-hmm. going, yeah, Freddie Lundberg's actually really helping me understand so I don't know what's going on here. It would have been turned into a big story. And it still worries well, me I a think, bit. I know you, were not, you, you mentioned that before, but my feeling, I mean, I, I'm, not saying he's not, I'm not saying his communication skills are supreme. Clearly yeah. they're not. But I think that, in that, I think that his, him and young Freddie clearly have this close mm. relationship because he was doing it again yesterday. That they were talking to him. They were kind of, that, I think that's a separate thing. I think Freddie Lundberg is taking it upon himself to almost coach and help sucker almost as much as he can through this experience of becoming... Which, by the way, again, I, I think we need to give the coach some credit for, for immediately get, getting him as a regular 
place in the team after that great yeah. performance against Frankfurt. Because he didn't need to do that. Mm. Not every manager would have done that. I don't even necessarily believe Wenger would have done that. I think Wenger was quite conservative about well, his who, who would Wenger be picking in his place at the moment, do you think? I don't know. One of the players that was ahead of him. Because it's kind of shifted positions. It's Reece Nelson. Really ne- He'd have probably Nelson. kept Mkhitaryan. That's the thing. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Would have, exactly. Thank you. And certainly Reese Nelson was ahead of him. Who's, I think, a much less... A sl- well, I, I, I like Reese Nelson. But I think a slightly less exciting prospect. Mm. And, you know... Martinelli, another one, you know, playing... Nelson had had right, so, a few opportunities uh, to taken them. I'm giving these examples of things where we, we should give credit to manager and, and the reluctance to, I find fascinating, not by you, I mean, you're being reluctant now, but generally on this kind of whole, the social media, no. anti-Emery no, I think grouping, it's, it's I great. think it's incredibly <laughs> reluctant to give him any credit for anything. I think these... I'm just bringing up these examples of things he does deserve credit for. I just think there's also a realistically limited number of options. You, if you take That's the view that for, Ozil... Didn't he play those three up front? He's playing play... that formation. Ozil has... You know, we'll talk about him later. He's not, not involved. There aren't that many options. It's basically Nelson. I don't think you've given a valid answer of anyone no, no, else who could, could be ahead of him. He, he didn't need to play that formation. He doesn't need to play, uh, to, to play that many forward players. Well, like, again, the we've done was... that since the start yeah, of the season. Right, so that's give what we're doing. Give him credit for that. Yeah, give him credit for that. Exactly. If he Lacazette is. was fit, he wouldn't be playing. You know, it's, just, it's just sometimes opportune moments. But, you know, well done. It's great to see Saka. 18-year-olds, he's playing far better than our new £72 million signing. So, fantastic. Of course, yeah. keep him in the team. I think it's less to do with translation and more to actually do about what his plan is, right? What his what he's actually trying to communicate to the players because um, they often look, you know, lost the first half. They were pressing high, looked really good. Second half dropped back. We have to give Bournemouth some credit, but there was a quote he made before the game talking about Bournemouth's tactics and how they were going to press us like really high mm. and how we needed to be aware of that. It kind of struck me as a bit of a small club mentality quote. You know, we're Arsenal playing at home to Bournemouth. Why don't we focus on what we're going to do? I know a lot of people criticise Wenger for this and only focusing on himself. I was about to say. However, <laughs> against... The... That's what we did for years and years and years, yeah. and it went completely wrong. It's almost like we've gone... Five years of... The... I mean, it just did, Yeah, but it? we've gone from and one end... time... Yeah. Go on, sorry. Turn sorry. Turn one end of the spectrum to the other, where mm. Wenger yeah. never looked at an opponent. Yeah. And Emery seems to kind of become obsessed with opponents. Yeah, with his video dossiers. Yeah, and, and we, so. we kind of need to say, look, we're Arsenal, we've got all of these amazing players... Let's go out and play. Let's go and press high. Let's go and score goals as opposed to thinking about what Bournemouth are going to do to us at home. Uh, and I think it was kind of demonstrated in the performance that kind of inhibition and lack of confidence in the second half. We don't have, we don't have the arrogance that we need as well. You need, yeah. you need to have uh, you know, some real arrogance to mm. then put teams to the sword. We do, we do lack, collectively lack that a bit. Now, I don't know why that would be. But, you know, you want... I, can't, I don't think we've really thrashed many teams... I'm not saying you can finish mm. teams all the time, but yeah. we've, so many of our results under Emery have been close mm. and coming back from being a goal down and this, that and the other. And, uh, and you know, maybe... I think it's ridiculous to get the knives out for him right now because I think you need to give someone two years before you can properly judge. I, I really do think that. It's, then he's not, they're not going to get rid of him. No. It's, not, it's never going to happen. Mm. Not, not now. I mean, if results went badly... No, yeah, right? yeah, but they're not. But they're I mean, not, yeah, right, no, exactly, no, and, yeah. and, but, but I do think, and he's got some players to come back, and all, and all of those things would say, well, of course, he, he deserves the end of the season. If at the end of the season he hasn't made it into top four, he's probably gone anyway. Yeah, yeah sure. Um, but w- the big argument at the moment seems to be, after, after Saturday's game, the big kind mm. of online thing that people were debating was, do we want to play... Is the, is the priority to mm-hmm. play stylish good, attractive, attacking, whatever you call it, football, yeah. which people associate with the Wenger period, mm-hmm. in my opinion, again, to be fair, we didn't play, we played incredibly boring football, in my opinion, for the last few years of the Wenger yeah. period, just to, spe- just to mention that, because a lot of these people <laughs> don't. So they want, so they're, pro- they're, literally I had a debate yesterday on Twitter with someone yeah. about this, so he, and he, he actually said, um, 
that it's more important to play well right now than to get points. Now, I find that painfully ridiculous because I don't think it, I think it's always the priority to get yeah. points. Always. I mean, everything, obviously. Now, I know what he's trying to say was we repeat of last year because we had the 20 whatever match unbeaten run. And the and that was a that was we flattered to deceive and actually that masked the underlying problem and then we collapsed. But for me, the end of the season collapse wasn't because we went twenty matches unbeaten. It was because the mentality struck our our our, our kind of um, flimsy lack of mental strength, which ironically <laughs> was the thing that they used to go on about every week. That's what cropped up for mm. me at the end of last season. I think what I would say is they're not mutually exclusive. You can perform yeah. well and you know of take course. points. Of course, um, and I think if you look long term. If you perform well over the long period, you know you'll generally be successful. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I also think that if um, if you you know that, the, to win one nil, I think it's great. It, it, and it, sometimes you can just lock a game down, and it's it's a show of power but and it's didn't. brilliant. But actually, we're letting a lot we're letting a lot of chances go, yeah. or rather, the opposition yeah. are getting a lot of chances, and and that's where that yeah you know the, these kind of tight wins will probably come unstuck unless we can find a way to be tighter at the back, yeah. which you know may well happen. But, mm. um, there are certain key, like, th- th- that question of, of you know, this, the, the star, the, the assumption that he's sending them out in a negative way. Mm-hmm. Again, for me, I, I just wanted to kind of address that again, because can you really, if, you, if you're picking that front three and Ceballos, as he did yesterday, um, can you really, can you, 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 he can't, he's not picking that team to play defensively mm-hmm. and to play conservative, is he? I mean, he could have picked, he could, he could pick a, a fairly, a very bland yeah. three in midfield, but he didn't yesterday, to give him, again, to give him some credit. And, and to bang on again about the way he played the first half wasn't negative. It's, it, for me, it's like, how do you know? How do we really yeah. know? I mean, this is a big question of, what he, of how he's setting them up to play. Like, why are we assuming... That it's down to him that, that this so-called negativity and this boring way of playing. I just don't think that. that I don't think the, the evidence ultimately, entirely. Ultimately, is... it's his responsibility to for, yeah. for the way the direction of the team in terms of how it's playing, and maybe he is a little bit too pragmatic at times. But when you said in the, sure. in the post-match interview, we lacked, we, we, we started to get the confidence to speak. Yeah. that he's not telling them to play like that. Was, again, it's like uh, uh, it's no, there. The buck always but stops he's yeah. picking them. But that the buck always stops with him. Right. Sure. And it, sure. com- it comes over time as well. If you think about how they train, the conversations they have in the week, you know, mm. make sure you don't give away a chance or mm. make sure you drop back if it's 1-0. You know, whatever you're aware saying. of the, their, their protect, what they do. Yeah. The, the dossier, the videos. That 100%. You and that will be having like subconscious effects on the players as the game progresses over time as opposed to a more inspirational manager that's talking about, you know, we're going to continue to attack. We're going to get the second goal. Um, so those little details, you know, throughout the week mm. over an 18-month period uh, are seeming to come out, you know, whenever there's like a first sign of pressure. Yeah. Um, and on the weekend, again, you know, it's not like a, a 1-0 win famous under sort of George Graham. It was very much could have been 1-1, a bit like the Watford game where we did get pegged back. You, every Premier League game we've won this season has been by a goal. I didn't realise that until, yeah. until I spoke that earlier. Yeah. And I think that's just fine. It's great that we're third. I'm really excited, but I just don't necessarily think it's reflective of what it's not. I've seen. I think if you sort of analyse the games, it doesn't feel like we're, we're third. And because of what happened with the sort of tailing off last season, it's just, a, it's just a, bit of a, a bit of a concern. I think this sort of feeling like it's become a little bit more defensive and obviously going to Old Trafford and playing you know, what we perceive as three more defensive-minded midfielders in, in Xhaka, Torreira and Guendouzi, I think that is a bit of a response to the fact mm. that, don't forget, you know, Newcastle had more shots than us, I think, you know, Burnley came to the Emirates, had more shots than ours. At Watford, what was it, 31 shots, something yeah. extraordinary. I think you have to react to that. And, yeah. they, and maybe it is just sort of, you know, getting through this period and, and getting some points on the board. But 
I don't know. You, you hope for more. You do, and, um, and, it, and the obvious contrast... I mean, you've got some... You know, Solskjaer's struggling badly at Man U, mm. but the obvious contrast is what Lampard's done at Chelsea. And you know, mm. they, they brought a lot of young players through, much as Emery has, and they're playing... I think, to me, looking at him, it looks like he's made a, a big deal. I don't watch a lot of Chelsea for obvious reasons, mm. but they... It and they lost 4-0 to, to Man U. They did on the yeah, first so day. You can see what's going on. But, but, they, but, but they seem to have changed. He seems to have changed. Yeah. Whereas, I, you know, you do... And I want Emery to succeed. Of course I do. I don't, I don't think the knife should be out for him all the time as they are because it's not helpful. But you do wonder, he's been a year, you know, a year and a bit, when, when that sort of obvious style is going to come through, yeah. if at all. I mean, mm. And, and, and I'm, maybe it will, but it, it's odd because you don't really feel I, like it's changed. My question about the style issue, right, is, and I, you know, how many teams in the Premier League have, have, a, have an, a clear style or the style that I think fans in their minds think that everyone should be playing, i.e., I think what they mean is, when people say this, what they mean is play like Liverpool Man City. Well, I think, <laughs> isn't it? I think, and actually, I think actually, the only teams that play like that are Liverpool Man City. It, it, and as we saw yesterday, even Man City can fuck that up. Yeah. Which is fascinating. And I know this is like the equivalent of people say it's what aboutery, but the difference between like what aboutery in the real world when you're talking about, you know, what about political issues, you know, and with football is actually, we're all in the same competition, these teams. And actually, any, any team can beat any other team, as was proven yesterday. At any time, only Liverpool, right, right now, have the capacity to play week in, week out, attractive football and win. Everyone else, as far as I can make out, is in a kind of similar boat. And I, and I think you have to take that into account. Yeah. It's hard, it's really hard, to, as far as I can make out, right now in this league, to week in, week out, play good football and win. It's fucking difficult. Mm. I, I agree. And that's why I'm not necessarily saying we have to play good football. We just mm. have to have a distinctive style of play, whether it's defensive, whether it's quite moderate, where, all right, we don't... If it was defensive, though, right? It's say, it's say, just to enjoy, say, yeah. Yeah, suddenly, he's like, what, we play a defensive game. Yeah. People would be furious. But if we were winning 1-0 or winning 2-0 and locking the game down and I there was no real threat, that. a bit like, I know we've been told we play the Arsenal way, but it's only really... Well, it's, cl- it's clearly not a defensive style of well, football. Exactly. No, <laughs> it's, really, it's actually really. I think most games are really exciting, and I think that's the other thing because <laughs> we can see loads of chances. Well, yeah, but I mean, we are open. We play, yeah. you know, we play helter skelter for sure. It was it, second half. I know we didn't have many shots longer, but it was a fairly helter skelter game in the end. And yeah. I know it was tense and stressful, but I don't get this whole thing of like oh, how boring it is. I don't think we've had that many boring games at all. We've had some halves of football where we haven't had enough shots. Yeah, that's different. And I think, I do feel like our fan base is, I said this last week, spoiled slightly. We, we are by, a little you know, bit. This idea that we even, deserve on, to boys. have gone. Isn't that trip you made to Old Trafford? Yeah. It right, was now, probably 15 minutes that okay, was loosely enjoyable. It's a really that. good example, right? Mm. So the first half was. was and let's very, not forget Man United in the context of the current Man United yeah. team who have been right. dreadful. Desperate not to lose, first of all, right? That was their priority that night, that Man United game. It absolutely was. Clearly, 100%, desperate not to lose. The team wasn't as terrible as well, th- we, we thought it would be because mm-hmm. actually Pogba was playing, you know. Largely effective. Of course, but I'm, of course he is. But this, I'm talking about this is how difficult it is. You, man, he can't get Manchester United playing well at all. And they were boring and tedious. But we were the te- away team, remember, and everyone's going, oh, we had to dominate them. In the end, the first half was tedious. Second half, I thought, was f- perf- quite exciting and interesting. And, and I had a great time watching that game. And, you know, I thought one all was a fair result. And you can't, to assume that us, Arsenal, who never, ever do well at Old Trafford, should somehow, auto- because they're not playing well, automatically... I think we were probably better there last year. I, th- I, think it's, I think it's nonsense. I think, you know, you can't, it, you can't be, you've got to be more realistic than that. Again, it's, it's just the performance. It's not, not necessarily the result, it's the performance. Sure. We'll have a little break and we'll talk more about this fascinating issue. (laughs) 
And we're back from the break. Yeah, so you were saying, Dean, it's about the performance. Yeah, I think what we're looking for is some key indicators that over the long term, the performances are going to improve or we've got a certain style of play which is going to enable us to eventually not only get in the top four, but a bit like Liverpool, compete for some silverware. And I think mm. that's what we're looking for. I sat on this podcast about a year ago and said, look, we've got to give him time. You know, he's not massively inspiring as a coach, but we have to kind of see how it plays out over the next year. Give him a couple of transfer windows and hopefully we'll see a kind of style of play that we're working towards where... This is our style, this is how we play, and this is how we know we're going to get mm. results. But right now, we just seem you know, a bit like loose chicken, you know. Headless yeah, we, chicken, yeah. Yeah, headless yeah. chickens. We're not really going anywhere right now. Josh. I just want to I hear what you and, and the guys think about Pepe, because it is becoming a problem that we've spent the most amount of money in our club's we history a, on mm. someone that is... It's not a problem. No, that has been it is. pretty ineffective. I don't think what do you think? Pull, pull him out of the think, team? No, I think he had, a, he had a really good shot yesterday. Um, he, he, took, he had the assist for the goal. He took that corner. He took a corner, he's, yeah. he's our only player who can take a good corner, I think. <laughs> <Josh>. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, you know, again, people incredibly negative about him without giving him any credit whatsoever. Because he actually started the, started the season quite well with some really really good dribbling I, and take I really ons. agree. People Had he scored get... at Anfield, I feel this would all be like a completely yeah. different yeah. story. Yeah, if he scored that goal yesterday, it would have been a brilliant, brilliant goal, and it was really close. And you know, I'm not going to have a go. No, it would have been a fantastic goal. What was your? What wasn't you that close? Me on that for? Well, it was pretty. It was quite. I mean, yard or two wide. <laughs> I mean, didn't hit the post. We didn't hit the bar. right. If we're going to really, but it was a brilliant good chance effort. that he created good himself effort, yeah. a really yeah. good effort, and he showed. No, I'm just. I'm not having a go. Did, whole would you idea, take him out of the team? No, because keep him in. Well, you know, well when when um, luck it depends. If Lacazette's back, then I probably would take him out of the mm. team. Yeah, I'd certainly play him in the European games. Um, you know, coming up possibly. Yeah, but that's like I feel. I feel like you know, in the European games, like that team we should talk about. Interestingly, seems much more up for playing in a slightly more carefree, mm. one might say arrogant, as you referred to it before, style, than the first team. One wonders what, which players it is. Well, in, in... I mean, I suppose the, the caveat... I mean, I agree with you, except the caveat is Forrest and Liège were awful. Sure. They, they were poor. Um, they didn't chat... Yeah, they, they weren't any danger at all. But I still felt against Liège, like, we, 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 we started immediately on the front foot mm. and, you know, kind of attacking pretty consistently in a, in a very impressive, intricate way. You know, Martinelli, fa- fantastic, looking great. So I, I, but, but in answer to your question, um, I probably would bring Lacazette in just because I think he's, he immediately improves our, 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 our attack. Um, and Pepe might not start yet. But, you know, but I don't think you, I don't think you automatically... Take him out of the team, as you're putting it. Just yeah, just I wonder sake. whether we're quite playing him in the right way at the moment. And I think he, like, like many of the other, or some of the other players, perhaps he's lost some, a bit of confidence from that Liverpool game. Some of those touches were lovely. Yeah, I know we played genuinely, genuine and quite badly. I mean, aside from that, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I thought, you know, I, I thought he was good then. Maybe he's he's str- he's clearly struggling a little bit. But I think almost the worst thing you can do at the moment is take him out of the team. Yeah. So I think you you play through it and 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 see and see where it goes. But you see how he felt about being taken off after 60 minutes yesterday. He wasn't best pleased, was he? And, and Saka was left on the pitch. Uh, oh, sorry, on, on... Was it yesterday? Yeah, it was yesterday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but but he, 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 you say he wasn't best... I mean, you, you wouldn't be, would you? But he, did, he didn't yeah. um, stomp off or anything. He, 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 um, he shook hands with yeah, Emery. A bit, uh, bit early for him to stomp off, but I think we've just got to persist. Uh, you know, you spent £72 million on a player, you've got to give him the chance yeah. to adapt to the league. But it sounds like you would have him out of the team, Josh. I don't know. I just think it's... An opportune moment to potentially 
Yeah. Yeah. Just give him a little bit of time. He started. Actually, it's not all. It's five by now. Yes, it's nothing. Yes. Okay, but I just, I just, I don't know. I'm not saying definitely, but I'm a team. I just think that now every because every single game is analysed. You know, of course, people like us. You know, But I agree. I'm just saying. As soon as Lacazette's back, which you know, hopefully isn't too far away. You pull out Saka now, who's probably been at least a seven out of ten, eight out of ten. You mm. know, really, you know, probably one of our better performers in the last couple oh, of games. I play, I play Saka like a certain Aubameyang, yeah. definitely. Yeah. So that's you, what I'm saying. You would put him out no, the team. No, that's on form. I'm not not pulling him out of the team. I just think like, for me, Lacazette well, immediately has to go back in the team because okay. like so you're the first putting him on the bench. I, I agree with you. Yeah. I thought it was interesting. He gave him 25. On, he gave him 25 minutes against Liège, and I yes. thought you know it's, it's a sort of game you just what, desperately want to get someone on the pitch when the team are playing that well make opportunities and get him a goal and it's a shame it didn't happen well, you, you but say that it. said if I may <laughs> I'm waiting what it was great say. fun watching the team against Liège and I think yeah. the difference between this Massive. year and last year is because we've got rid of so many fringe squad players yeah. who you know there's no fun turning up to watch El Nenny last year, who was never really going to get any game time in the, in the Premier League, whatever he did in this. But actually, if you look at that lineup, you've got Bellerin, who will be back in the team very soon. Mustafi is an anomaly here. Rob Holding is really pushing for a place. Tierney, we assume, is going to come in and play. Torreira has been playing in the Premier League. Sabaos has. Medo Niles has played a lot of Premier League football. Willett was coming on yesterday. Nelson's played as pie. Even Martinelli's come. So these are all people that are actually being involved in the Premier League side of things. And I think that's the difference because we got rid of so much, you know, Deadwood. Now it's quite fun to go and watch these players because they're all playing to have an impact that will oh, lead them into getting to the Premier League. I agree with you 100%, League. and he deserves some credit for that. Not massively. Yeah. Well, yeah, but there's also a lack of players. That's <laughs> yeah, what I'm saying. It's just more fun. But he's helped get rid of those fucking shit players that, that, okay, that Wenger had lying around for years and years and years. Mm. How long do we have to part with watching fucking El Nene? <laughs> Me- mediocrity. The medioc- you're absolutely right. The, those experienced, tedious, mediocre players. What are you going to yeah. say, Dean? Well, just on that point, I think it's the management group that deserves credit. Oh, yeah, the, the whole group completely. But getting, getting rid of the other the thing crap. that people love to do is not give him any credit at all. Give all credit to the management. About every signing. I, I just think he lacks inspiration as a coach. I, I don't really look at him and you feel positive about anything, really, to be honest. But well, that may um, be so. But his brief is literally to get us back in the Champions League. Yeah, and, and, then and, I, and if he achieves that, then he's hit his brief. But what do we do then? Do we kind of just get rid of him? I, I reckon we should if there's a good option out there. Because um, hey, if if he got us into the top four right yeah. this year, as you say, he's not not going to go anywhere. Um, then he, isn't he on another year's contract anyway? I think isn't he? Like, it's a year's extension. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully, it's not linked to getting top four. <laughs> Um, well, I think it probably is, isn't it? But I, if, if a top-level, top-top-level manager yeah. was available at that point, I'd be fine. I, I, I would be unsentimentally, unsentimentally fine yeah. in getting rid of him in favour of But I wouldn't just get rid of him at any point for the sake of it, which is what, unbelievably, yeah. I think a lot of fans do uh, right now. Because they're so obsessed with this idea that he's a negative manager, which I just don't... I think is an un-nuanced version I, of what he's trying to do. I think <laughs> what he's trying to do is play counter-attacking football more. But is he? More attention, I think so. And play more are, attention... Are you sure? I, no, I'm not I'm I think sure none of us are think. sure. That's the whole no, problem. No. I'd like, you know what? I'd love to see... Because I read some articles. I asked for some articles about his yeah. time at PSG. And Le Grove gave me some, right, which were clearly... Very much against him. And at the same time, I found someone that were very much in favour of him. Very interesting, long pieces about how actually, well, good coach he was and stuff at PSG, and giving him some credit for the fact that they played quite good as thankful for it. Obviously, they had huge stars and everything, right? But <laughs> the other thing I was going to say was what I'd love to see was an in depth interview with him, presumably conducted with a translator, asking him all this stuff. That's what I want to see, you know, because in post match interviews, you, well, you just get him saying the same lame things that all managers say. You don't, you, you know, even with his difficulties of communication. Mm. I, but I think with a translator, a long, long piece, then we can find, get to the bottom of what he wants. But, from, but looking back at those pieces about how he was at PSG and his previous teams, 
he does seem to prefer a counter-attacking style to kind of and and changing in attack, being being fast, pacey, the transition, all these kind of cliches that people talk about now. Paying attention to the transition, everyone. Be, it needs the players to be very intelligent, I think, which I'm not sure in certain players. Also, what's the value in, tell, in, in doing an interview explaining what your 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 uh your game plan is going to be essentially because everyone's just going to adapt to it. You might as well. Well, there is better that. not to say it. Well, there is a, Guardiola has done that, and it's not been a problem for him. I, 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 I just think we're, we're all having this conversation and debate a year and a half on is because none of us are quite sure in terms of what he's doing. If we knew exactly what his blueprint was and what his tactics are and what he's trying to achieve, I think he would get a bit more credit and a bit more time because all right, you're trying to do this. We can see that. But one week it's this, the next week it's something else. Um, and you know, you think about. You know, wanting to play counter-attacking football, mm. he then plays Torreira as a, a number eight box to box when you've got Joe Willick, you kind of waiting in the wings. Um, so yeah, some of his decisions don't kind of add up, mm. um, and generally just not quite sure about him. What did you think about Callum Chambers on on Sunday? And I thought his he's taken his well, wasn't chance. He, he was a man so, of the match, I believe. Yeah, yeah I think was, so. Yeah, was he on think, Yeah, he's taken his chance. But really now well, he's yeah. presumably going to be pulled out the team for Pector Bellerin as soon as he's back. He's really unlucky that he didn't start yeah. the season at right back. Very unlucky. And yeah, I don't know where okay. Maitland Niles goes from here because if you look at centre midfield options, he, he sees himself Europa, playing Europa and uh, yeah, but it's like the, uh, in terms of his long term at Arsenal, he's be third choice right back now behind yeah, yeah, you yeah. know Chambers yeah. behind Bellerin. Yeah, and at centre midfield, there's a hell of a you know, queue but that's in front a good, of him. I mean, that's a good challenge for him. Yeah. And it's the same thing with Iwobi, is we used to be too sentimental with these players. And exactly. ultimately, at the end of the season, if he's third choice behind everybody, then, and you yeah. can get, what, what you get for at least 20 million for Maitland-Niles, because that's the, that's the market mm. for English players. Yeah. That's what Maybe. you do. Yeah. And, you know, if he can't rise to the challenge, or, if, or if, you know, whatever, then that's, that's what happens. There's been a breath of fresh air watching Chambers. Yeah, he's been great. It's just in his tenacity. I think all of the, this, all, all these little things. I think we've missed. For me, like we're a couple of tweaks away. In answer yeah. to this bigger point about what the star and everything, I still think again we can't really judge it until he's got you know three first choice mm. defenders back regularly yeah. playing in the team. Who knows what difference you know having Bellerin and Tierney will make to someone like Pepe. You know, for example. You know, I, I just don't think at the moment. You've got some quite... And the big Shaka question, for me, the huge, biggest, massive tweak of all... I know we go to it every week. I still can't quite come to terms with the fact that he's picking Shaka in that deep-lying role and not Torreira, when clearly Torreira, that is... Mm. He must see something... He said something recently about how Torreira hadn't been fully fit and didn't feel comfortable entirely this season. And, and Torreira wasn't amazing, was he, against Man U, where he did play from the start. He had, didn't have the best of games, I would say. Whereas Guendouzi seems to be having, you know, he's pretty much... So, but you still think he's a better bet, wouldn't you, in that, in that kind of yeah, definitely. More de- most defensive position? I think most of us are kind of, at the end of our table, with Granite Jack and Aaron, the <laughs> yeah. decisions that he well, It wasn't just Emery. Wenger was as, yeah, as loyal to him as well. So yeah. there is something, clearly something there. And the Swiss and, national coach, giving him the armbands. Yeah, yeah. so I, there is there. something there. You know, he's, he's probably the most experienced in the midfield. Mind you, you wouldn't know it sometimes. Yeah. But... The, like yesterday was a classic example where he, he actually had one of his better games generally, right? Yeah. There were still a couple of key moments where he gave the ball away and, and fucked up our attack. Counter attack, yeah. Ke- th- one, the, ke- yeah. Do you remember? Yeah, this is it again, right, Boyd? If we're a possession based team that's going to keep the ball and recycle it, it kind of makes sense for him to play. But if we're going to be a counter attacking team with pace where he's going to be exposed quite a bit, yeah. you know, when we do go yeah. on the attack, is he the right man? Again, it's kind of his tactics and his player selections don't I agree with that. I agree with that. But yeah. Um, yeah, I'd like to see more of Torreira. I'd like to see more of Willock, who I think is by far the most impressive young talent we've got right now. I think Saka's Better than Saka? Yeah. Really? I think they're both really exciting. I think they're both really good, but Willock's the one. And on that point, very good point. Thank yeah. you. I meant, we, of course, we've got to discuss the, the Ozil thing. For me, right, 
I'm just, every, people, the, the Urzil fanboys and girls, a cult, of, the cult of Urzil, which you may be a member of. But why would you pick him ahead of Willock? Why, what's the fucking point? And why would you put him on the bench? This whole—he's not even in. I, I don't care. I really don't care. I've, I, he's already out of the out of the out of the club, as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. And I think he's, he'll go down in history as a brilliant, brilliant player, one of the most skillful players we've ever had play for Arsenal, who did not deliver enough yeah. on a regular basis. And who can argue with that? You well, obsessive fanboys can argue with it. But the, the reality <laughs> is, I've watched him all this time, and and he just not did not deliver. And now, why would you now go back to that when you've got two or three options? In that, in that kind of position, who are all, like, th- hungry, hard-working and skillful. Well, the reason you'd go back to it um, is that he, out of all of those players, even though he's got you know, numerous reasons not to pick him, which is, and he's not being picked, no. is, that, is that he still has the eye for a pass that none of those other players have. Yeah. And I, I do... I'm, I'm with you. I think they need to move him on because his time at Arsenal is, is over. You know, it really is. But at the same time... He always was the kind of player, even at Madrid, he used to come on for 15 minutes or something like that. That happened quite a lot. And maybe he is the kind of guy that if you're struggling to break it, you bring him on then. But, um, but I think there's so much water under the bridge now. It's, it's mm, yeah. I, think it's, I think it's too difficult. I mean, like his it. only Premier League appearance was at, at Watford. I think that's his only Premier League appearance this season. Yeah, where he was fine. I mean, he was absolutely fine. He brilliant got a ball. Of he did exactly what Jim just referred to. A brilliant ball in, for, I think, for Maitland-Niles yeah. across it for Aubameyang. Yeah. A game-changing pass, but... Do you agree we haven't got any players who can supply? We've got some good players who can we supply. Have, yeah. some. We haven't got Mizzou. He's got that. That's what yeah. we bought him. He's a that classic number For 10. Sure. He's, you know, he's been, yeah. he's been uh, one of the... Well, certainly, at the t- when we bought him, at least, he was one of the you know, finest in his position. And mm. that's, like, well, that's what he can do. It's just that the more... You know, football's a little bit more athletic than when we signed well, him. And he's, and, he's, and he's not. Isn't that an important point, though? Yeah, I think football's moved on. I, don't I think, think football's has. moved on, but also he's got older. And, yeah. you know, fo- yeah. and footballers do... Um, Degrade, if yeah. that's the right word. <laughs> no, good word. <laughs> and um, and also football also yeah. evolves, and I think he's probably the wrong. You know, he's he's a bit of an anachronism. Yeah. And the stories are coming out now, aren't they, Dean? If I, I you know, I know you're a fan of his, but of, of you know issues in training, and I yeah. thought these things are leaking out. Murtasaka referred. I don't know, in, you know, in his book. I haven't read it, but I read reports of saying you know he got really angry with him for various periods for not trying hard enough, all of that. I mean, you can't yeah. ignore that, can you? I think so. The club just needs to be decisive. You know, I'd love to see him involved in some, you know, some element because he's a top, top player and I think there are times that we will need him, such as Bournemouth at home. I think he would have been an asset to the side. But if we're not going to play him, you know, be frank about it and completely isolate him from the squad. He's played in some cup games. He's played in some Europa League games. He's played in one Premier League game. You know, mm. is he in or is he out? I think well, he's been pretty from... out now, though, isn't he? Because yeah. he wasn't in the in the. But then the other day they gave him the cap, well, number five captain or something. You know, whatever yeah. that might be. Yeah. Um, it's like if you're not going to play him anymore, kind of get him out of the sides. But you know, if we've got him on the books, if he's available, I think he's an asset. Have him on the bench if you know if required to come on and change the game, but. Yeah. Has he ever been a come on and change the game for us? Not for us. Not for us. Not for us. I think, well, again, you know, you've got, if you've got like Martinelli or someone, but he's yeah. a come on and change the game player, isn't he? More than him, I have to say. I've dropped, uh, for me, it's like, it's, it's such old news to me now. Yeah. And I see these players that are so much, and I feel they are skillful as well. They're not exactly like him, but I think what makes them not exactly like him is probably what makes yeah. them a better bet right now. But I think it's linked, back to, our, it's linked back to the frustration that people have with Emery and his style of play or lack of it. It's like, what are you trying to do? What football are you trying to play? Oh, we've got Ozil on, in the wings why are you not using mm. him if we had a clear kind of distinctive way of playing that would not need an Ozil i.e. counter-attacking fast physical football yeah. we, we'd get it we, we'd kind of get well, it well I think that's a good indication as why that he is trying to play like that <laughs> but just not achieving it enough <laughs> I agree we're not achieving it Maybe. enough yeah, it could go on for days Josh you, you crying tears for Ozil 
I'm sad. I think it's a sad situation that we've allowed it to get to this position with the, the football club. And of course, if we could turn back time to when it was going to seemingly time, be like, um, Sanchez or Ozil that were going to stay at the club. And yeah. it just played into Ozil's hands that he was the one left at the club. And from a PR point of view, the club had to give him the huge deal. Mm. Yeah. But it's a sad situation where you've got someone who was an integral part of our team and would be selective every game for, you know, for years under Wenger. Even you know, last year, I think, you know, played 26 of the Premier League games. To now be frozen out and to have that breakdown in relationship... I, I don't understand you disagreeing with Dean that he shouldn't be on our bench, that he doesn't have anything to contribute. That I'm, that I'm totally with Dean with. I look at that I team, see, I see, I apart from never, Danny Sabayas. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Gwyn, hang on, let though. me speak. Gwyn, Dean, Dean said he wants the clarity of either not, not putting him in any of these squads or picking him. And for me, I'm not that, putting words into Dean's mouth. That's you a contradiction. Felt he should be on the bench against Bournemouth, I think he's at an, least. an asset to have on the bench. We had three defenders on the bench on yeah, You did also say you wanted the clarity of whether he's in or out. Yeah, and yeah, if yeah, he starts fine. putting him on the bench, that's not clarity. Well, if he's out, say that and then leave him out. You don't say it, do you? You don't go around going, I'm... He's out now. You just don't pick him, and he's not being picked clearly in, any, yeah, in either of maybe. the squads. So that, for yeah. me, the clarity is happening before just, our eyes. And yeah. I don't have an issue with it. Quintuzzi, I think, got his first assist ever, possibly in the Premier League. That went against was it against Tottenham? Um, you know, I don't think of Torreira as like an assist machine. I think Sabayos aside, I don't see like anyone who's well, look, hugely he's, he's creative. Of, well, look, he's, he's a creative player. Capable okay, of, but of, let, you know, he's been, at the, he's been part of the first team for, what, you know, eight Premier League games this season. He hasn't been yeah, there, done man. it, and proven it. I just think it's strange that to have completely had that big a breakdown in relationship. But I do think it's I now, think, I, I do think, think it's over. Yeah. I hear Ray Pardo was on Talk Sport this morning saying that it's now over because we did have pieces of last season where he was frozen out and there was that strange one he got left out away at Bournemouth because Emery said it was too physical a game for him but then he was sort of brought back into the, the sphere but now to leave him out in successive games including a European game where you think yeah, okay yeah. let him play in Europe and this is now a clear sign that there's probably no way back I mean I'm sad that he didn't come I'm sad that he didn't turn out to be you know one of the greatest players in our history but I just don't think he has and I think you know there are bigger issues. I think that, you know, I'm more excited about the squad and the young players in that squad. But and you can see the squad evolving as <laughs> yeah. the season progresses, yes. which I think is massively exciting. Agreed. And I think you, you could easily see a completely different, well, it's not completely different, but a, a different starting eleven at the end of the season to the one that we yes. started the season with. Yes. And I think that's got to be something to, you know, to get excited about. A quick interesting stat, despite him being frozen out every now and then, Meza Ozil has created the most chances under Unai Emery out of all Arsenal players. 49. Oh, you know, yeah, good. Still, still happy for him. So, okay. <laughs> um, do we need to do a prediction? Or are we going to do another podcast before we've got the international, boring international break? Then we're not going to have a podcast beforehand. Before Sheffield, so we're playing another Monday night football. Monday night. Sheffield away. So we have to get a prediction, Jim. There is a train that I think leaves Sheffield about ten past ten. It's a hell of a hell of a risk wow. for those who might be. Line uh, up the driver, Boyd. Yeah. <laughs> what you need is your driver from the ground yeah, straight to the train station. Yeah, yeah. Sort of taxi we'll at the ready. I think we'll you can uh, do a runner. Are you going for that one, Boyd? Um, not as far as I'm aware. No, I don't think so. No. Not unless uh, Dermot no. arranges a driver yeah. and some um, red yeah. wine. Anything could happen in the last minute. What do you think is going to happen in that game? It just goes to show what the, the, what we're capable of at the moment. That, that, um, I find this one hard to call, to be honest. It's tough, isn't it? It's tough. Because Sheffield United played really well, but I think we'll win it because I think that yeah. But I think this uh, it's the you know, away is going to be harder than it would otherwise be. But they are. Oh, I don't know. Shall I say draw? Yeah, draw. So we say so what's in your head? I think draw. We're score. capable of either, but draw. Um, one all. One all. Yeah. 
I'd agree Dean. with Jim. One one. Really? Yeah. We're gonna have a full house, Josh. I was tempted to Did you like the fact that even in their drunken podcast, I still got them to do predictions? You know, so yes, I yeah. applauded Thanks. you privately as yeah. I was listening to that at 12.30 <laughs> so at night or whenever you sent it to me. Josh. Look, Sheffield United is still one of the favourites for relegation. Then we have to put this into perspective. Yeah. Yes, also, I, perspective all these teams can do well against They've, they've got a different yeah, style of play, mm. which... Yeah, might have probably will. Probably they've got a firm style of play. They do, they do. I mean, if we play like different, that, different, we might have Tierney Tier- and Bellerin. In Hopefully, we we'll have Tierney, Bellerin, maybe holding, maybe yeah. one nil to the Arsenal. Oh, look at that, and there's positivity for you. I'm going to say two one to Arsenal. Yeah, here's Very hoping. Positive. Nice positive end to a positive podcast. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been great fun. Um, I saw you put a picture on your Instagram of a dirty. Uh, oh, vegan yeah. burger. Yes, you have you got any updates? Dirty Beats. Dirty burger. Beats burger. Did you try it? Do you know, I didn't actually have it. I had well, you just did a photo of it. Yeah, I, well, I did the photo of it because I didn't mention it and I kept meaning to take a photo of it. Yeah, but that is, it doesn't look that great, to be honest. Dirty right. Beats burger. Well, it's a nice fish and chips. Because I'm not fully vegetarian. I, I do eat fish and stuff. The right. fish and chips is fucking huge. I'll tell you that, right? I mean, it's massive. How much does that set you back, boys? In club level. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, club level. 12 I quid? think it was like 13 quid. 13. For, but it is huge. So give them some credit. Masses and masses of chips. That's all I'm saying, yeah. And a good it fish. Was, good it was a good, decent, fish. decent piece of fish, yeah. Okay. Um, thank you very much to Jim Eastlower on Twitter, Dean AFC Camden on Twitter, Josh, Josh Landy on everything. At Josh underscore Landy. Oh, at Josh underscore and me, Boyd Hilton. And um, thanks for listening. And we'll be back after the Sheffield United game. Bye. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network.